So we said we were just going to kind of take tonight easy. So um, Bob is going to come up at the end and do the last song. But I also want to give everybody the opportunity tonight during that last song to come up. You can stand where you're at or you can come up here. There's something to me, maybe it's the victory outreach in me that feels special about the altar. I, I, I feel like it's a special place to be, to be near, um, even though it's just a different piece of carpet in the room. But I want to give everybody in the room the opportunity to come tonight and recommit either to your relationship with Christ, recommit to your family, recommit to your sobriety. Right, So we're going to do that at the end, and that, we're just going to let that flow. If it flows into group time, so be it. Amen? You know, my good friend, uh, Dr. Casey Grover, said we lost the war on drugs long ago. We have. We have completely lost it. It's hopeless. So now, for us as believers, to me, it's about damage control. You know, you see, COVID came, and it took the sick and the infirmed. And addiction has come, and it's taken people out in the prime of their life. It's taking the younger generation out. It has no name. It, it has no family connections. It just has come to kill, steal, and destroy. It is from the pit of hell. I was watching a movie yesterday. I just, Michelle and I, we just came home, and we just wanted, you ever just turn on Netflix and you just turn something on? You know, you don't even care what it is. Maybe you're going to take a little nap, or maybe you just want to zone out. And I picked this old Dan Washington movie out. It was called Two Guns. Michelle's like, oh, that's old. I'm like, I don't really care. I just, I'm, I, I just want noise. And I may fall asleep. I don't know. But it was interesting watching this movie because um, they, Dan Washington and Mark Wahlberg sold like $43 million from the cartel. And, of course, they, as you would imagine, wanted their $43 million back because they thought they were just going to steal $3 million, but they ended up with $43 million. And the, uh, the guy looking for the money, he would come in, and he would take his, like, three fifty-seven, and he would take all the bullets out, and he would put one in, and he would spin it, and he would say, we're going to play Russian roulette. And we all know how you play Russian roulette. You put one bullet in, you spin it, and you put it where? You put it to your temple. But it's like, oh, no, no, that's not how I play. And he would put one bullet in and he would spin it and he would put it on their kneecap. He would say, you want to know why I'm doing this? I'm doing this so you'll know how serious I am. Because if that gun goes off and it's pointed at your head, you're just dead. And I'm never going to get the information that I want. So he put it to this guy's knee, boom, blew his knee off, you know. So he kind of got the point. Um, But... I'm relating that to addiction, because addiction, there is no kneecap in you. There is no wound in you. Addiction kills you. So there is no second chance. There is no do-over. And it is taking some of the youngest people that we have. And so what can we do as believers? We, well, we can continue to talk about it. We can continue to pray about it. We can continue to strengthen ourselves. It says in AA that we should take a... a, a, a personal inventory, right? So when Nate started sharing out a revelation yesterday, I thought, well, you know what? That's kind of cool. Because as, as you looked at the seven churches and Jesus addressing the seven churches, you start to say, 
to yourself, what would my report card be? Think about it. If Jesus, and that's, that's pretty harsh. I, I mean, I, I would much rather think, well, if Ernst was going to say something to me, right? Because Ernst and I like each other, right? I think he would be a little kinder to me, right? A little easier on me. He wouldn't want to hurt my feelings because he has to see me all the time, right? So he would say, well, you know, well, Jesus pulls no punches, so as I was listening to the seven churches, I was thinking, what would, what would he say to me? What would my good points be? What would my bad points be? And what would he tell me that I need to do? Would, he, would I be like the church, the church of Philadelphia, you know, full of brotherly love? I fear that I would be more like the church of Laodicea right? And if you think about it, the church of Laodicea, he said, you're neither hot nor cold, so I will vomit you from my mouth, right? And that kind of comes back from back in the, back in the old days when they would, they would build these, 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 uh, these waterways to bring water in to the city, and when you're hot and you're tired, you want a cold drink of water. Anybody that knows me knows when I'm going to crack open a drink, I go hit the ice machine first, right? And I fill that jar up full of ice. Some people go and they say, you know, a little bit of ice or no ice because they want all of the soda they can get. I don't care how much soda you short me, I want it cold, right? So I think a little soda cold is better than a lot of soda warm. So we know that nobody likes lukewarm coffee. Nobody likes lukewarm drink. So what Jesus is saying is either, either be hot for me or don't be at all because that in-between is useless to you and it's certainly useless to me, amen? Because what good does it do you to be halfway in and what good does it do him for you to be halfway in? It does nobody any good. So he's saying, you know what? I'm just going to spit you out. So when I look at my life, I don't want to be in that category. But I think there are times that I am. I think there are times when I'm like, I want to be on, I want to be right on all the time. But we, I think we, we're human. You know, we get into these seasons where we're not, we're not on fire every day. We're not maybe cold every day, but I think a good balance is good. I think it's good to, to strike a good balance of fellowship and, and reading and, and spending time with the Lord and sharing with others and encouraging others because that's what Christ calls us to do. You know, it's the great commission. Commission. You know, in Matthew, go there at four and make disciples of all the nations, you know, Maybe if you don't know how to make a disciple, go talk to somebody. Go hang out with somebody. Go encourage somebody. You know, I've been really excited about Dimitri, and I'm not trying to put him on the spot, but he knows everybody's been going through a tough time, so he comes over and makes pasta, right? It may, it's pasta, right? Big deal, right? It's just some pasta. You throw it in some water and you boil it. But the point is, why is he coming over and making pasta? 
He's coming over and making pasta to fellowship. To stay busy. You know, after Benny died, he spent the day at Second Chance. Not because that's the greatest place in Monterey County to hang out, right? He, he wanted to be around believers. He wanted to be able to encourage believers and be encouraged by believers. And that's what it's about. So when we look at how would Christ talk to us, I think you all could honestly make that personal moral inventory, amen? I don't have to tell you because nobody knows better than you what you're hiding or what you're not hiding. I'm not the judge. I'm not a sin sniffer, you know? I don't know what's going on, but you do. So if you honestly sat down with a notebook and you would say, this is what I think my report card would be, this is my personal moral inventory, then you can begin to, you could do something about it, right? Like, one of the greatest moments in my life was when a pastor ripped me to shreds. He just tore me apart. And I felt so foul about myself that I wanted to quit. And I've shared this before. He made me cry, yes. I went home, pouted. And then I realized everything he said was true, right? And I came to work the next day here, and it changed my entire life because he cared enough about me to yell at me, right? It was interesting because he's one of the people I respect most in this entire world. He's one of the people that I turn to when I need comfort, He's a person I turn to when I need wisdom, when I need advice. You want to know what really blew my mind is I had planned to go see him on the way home from my vacation. After our 30th anniversary, I thought, what a great way to cap off our 30th anniversary is to stop in Chico and spend the night with Pastor Roger and do Bible study with him and fellowship with him and pray with him and talk with him and walk with him. And I thought that was great. And Michelle was like, really? We're going to stop in Chico and see Roger? Do you really want to? Yes, I do. But then it was interesting because, I mean, I didn't know, but the Lord knew that, that Vinny would pass away. And we went to Chico, and we fellowshiped, and we prayed, and we, we mourned, and we laughed, and we walked, and we talked, and we had Bible studies, and we had reading time, and we had fellowship. And Michelle said, now I know why, why we came. But God in his wisdom knew that ahead of time. But you guys, what I'm saying is we have to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And the only way to be open to the leading is is to be involved in, in active worship, to be willing to look at yourself and say, what do I need? What do I need in my life? Well, at, at that time, I felt like I just needed some wisdom from an, an older pastor, which obviously I have here with, with Pastor Jeff, and I, I would say Bob, but he's, he's too young. He's in his 30s, 50s, yeah, 30, I don't know, 50, right? Yeah, there we go. Thrifty 50. Uh, but anyway, and I'm not 
sure that, and I, I haven't even got to what I'm, I wanted to talk about, but I just felt really led to say, you guys, we've lost the war on drugs, but we, we have to, as a group of believers, get together. I'm so glad that Bob brought up the Asbury Revival because we actually talked about that today at, at the pastoral leadership meeting this afternoon about what a blessing that revival was and is. And what I'm saying to us, and I say it all the time, that I, I believe we are in a season where we're going to see revival. And I believe that we are in a season where we, as addicts, as loved ones of addicts, as friends of addicts, people that we know are in jail or in prison, or people that we know are struggling, I think it's our duty as believers to pray for them. And I believe it's our duty to do what we can and, and pray for them all that we can and to be in agreement where we're, we're just, right now we're doing damage control, right? Because we've lost, so what can we do? All we can do is band together, group together, and to pray for those that are out there that are suffering and dying every single day. You know, every single day, there are people just every, I think it's every five minutes, every five minutes. So if you look at how many people die just while we're doing this meeting, and those are people just like you, and you, and you. You know, their, their, their husbands, their wives, their aunts, their uncles, their neighbors, their friends, their coworkers that are just dying and it's this attack from the enemy, and it's from the pit of hell. And all we can do is, as believers is to pray and to encourage and to uplift and to unite. You know, how, how can we win this back, or how can we turn this tide? And the only way we could do it is to, is to be together, is to continue to spread the word and begin, begin to fill the room. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, you know, and I think if everybody felt that way, I think we as believers could make a difference because I think often we just, we just say somebody should, right? Somebody should do this or somebody should do that. If only they did this or if only they did that, well, why don't we do that or why don't we do this? What is this or that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, do we need to get in this room for 24 hours and pray for addicts? If that's what it is, let's do it. You know, do we need to, do we need to, to start something here? Do we need to get down on our knees in this very sanctuary and pray for the families of the addicts out there? You know, I'm sure if I asked Bob, hey, you want to come up here for 24 hours and pray? I'm pretty sure he would say, well, part of it. Right? But I think we need to, I think we need to do something. And I think that something starts with prayer. Amen? So I don't know what that looks like. Michelle and I have talked about an idea like this for years and years. Wouldn't it be great to just get the believers together and just start out with 24 hours? Let's just open the church up and get some worship people and let's just start playing. And anybody that wants to can just come. You know, and just pray because we have got to do something to stop this cycle. 
that's just destroying our country. Amen? I don't know. I mean, I mean, more to come. You know, I mean, I can't just say, hey, tomorrow we're going to pray for 24 hours, you know, because I, I work here. I don't run the church, you know. I just think it's time to do something. And I just want to know if you guys are with me. Amen? You guys want to do something? Something crazy? Right? Amen. All right. But you see, I think other churches would be willing to do something crazy, right? Let's call Shoreline and Cypress Community and, and, and Calvary Baptist and Victory Outreach and all these people and say, let's come together. You know, let's take back. You know, I, and I've shared this before. One of the favorite songs I used to sing at Victory Outreach, it used to make me cry was I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. You know, and I'm tired of, I'm tired of doing funerals. You know, when we're driving back from Lake Tahoe, this is not a conversation I like to have, but I'm like, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this funeral. I don't want to do this funeral. I, I pray to God that Sandra asks Pastor Nate, because I don't want to do another funeral for another bridge guy or another bridge girl. I don't want to do it. I just want to attend it. I just want to be there to support and to hug and to love. I don't want to have to think about all of the other stuff, you know? And it's not that I didn't care or I don't care. I do. And absolutely, if I was asked, I would say absolutely. But I'm just being transparent. I'm tired of seeing what this is doing to us. So I'm saying, as a, as a body of believers, we need to do something. I'm going to ask every one of you to join me this week in prayer for God to give me wisdom to try to put something together to bring believers together, bring addicts together, to pray as a body of believers, to pray as a church to pray as a community, to pray as a group of churches for God to give us strength to reach those who are suffering. You know, I, I, I'm so tired of seeing families torn up. I'm so tired. Michelle said, I'm so tired of calling moms and hearing that blood-curdling scream on the end of the phone. It's horrid. It's horrible. So I say that we do something about it. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm bringing this up. But I just honestly feel motivated to just do something crazy. Right? Pastor Jeff tells me all the time that I'm crazy. All right? You want to see crazy? Let's do crazy. Right, man? I don't know what that means, but I'm, I'm just going to say, please, all of you pray with me this week. Because I think we need to do something out of the box. I think we need to do something big. I think we need to make a statement that we as believers are tired of this. That we are here to pray and to unite and give God the glory for the victories. Amen? Amen. To pray the enemy straight back to hell where he belongs. You know? I mean, so if you're with me, like I said, we're going to do it. I don't know what do it is, but we're going to do something. Amen? And I'm not going to go a whole lot longer because I, 
I'm, I'm still trying to get, to the, uh, get back to Romans 8. Super important scripture. We're taking a, we'll call this a Benny pause, you know, because this is kind of, and if you think about it, whenever someone dies, let's think about this. Everybody says, it stirs everybody up and everybody says, it wakes everybody the heck up, right? So I am going to take this opportunity to not just do a little wake up. Let's wake everybody the heck up. Let's not just take a little advantage. Let's take super advantage of the situation, right? Let's make a mountain out of a molehill, right? Use what we can when we can for the cause that we can to make all the difference we can, amen? So next week, we'll get into the prodigal son, which... um, is going to be a super, I think, a super great introduction to getting into Romans 8. But I just felt really led because it was so funny. Um, Bob and I are so in tune because I was walking up before Bob stopped me to say, Bob, I want you to play a song. I want you to talk to the believers, not to unbelievers. Don't open the floor up for people to talk to the believers. And then Bob backed me off, and he said everything that I was going to say. I was like, right on, right on. So that just encouraged me to be just really transparent with you guys. I really need you guys to join with me in prayer, and let's together do something that's going to bring attention to addiction bring attention to the families that are hurting and in pain, and to bring awareness to what's going on. So we shouldn't say, that church should do this, or I wish this church would do that, or if somebody should do this. You know what, if you're saying that, you should do it yourself, right? You should. Somebody should, well, what, why don't you then? So when I was sitting there thinking, well, somebody should, I'm like, well, no. You know, God said to me, no, you should. Get up there and open your mouth and ask for help. So basically, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm asking or pleading with you guys to join with me in prayer because I'm going to try to go super out of the box. I'm going to approach the church, and I'm going to ask to just do something crazy. And I want to be able to open this church up and just have, for an extended period of time, I mean, just think about it, just getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning and cruising to Calvary. There's worship going on, and there's people praying. You know, I'll have to see if I can get Dorothy to have some pizza or something out there, you know, bumper to make some more clam chowder or something. I don't know. It's not about the food, but it's about the prayer. It's about praying for the souls and the lives of those that are yet to come. You know, because if we're here tonight, more than likely, and I'm not going to make any assumption, more than likely, most, if not everybody in this room tonight is sober. But I would love to have people in this room that are just coming and just hanging on by a thread, saying, I heard something's going on here tonight. I'm struggling. And I want prayer, and I want to see him leave with victory. You know what I mean? Because that's what it's about. A hospital is not for the well, right? What was said about regeneration many, many, many years ago by one of my mentors, Bob Stewart, regeneration is like the emergency room at the hospital. You come to the ER because you just don't feel right. Right? And that's what this is. 
This is the, the place that you can come to start to feel a little bit better about yourself. So for some crazy reason, you think you're good enough to go to church. Well, you're good enough to go to church no matter what, right? Come as you are, amen. But for many people, they don't feel worthy enough to come to church. So they're like, well, I'll go to that Monday night meeting with all them drug addicts. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then maybe I'll feel good enough about myself to walk in the front door of the church, right? The beauty about this church, and it makes me smile from ear to ear, is Michelle and I were going to leave this church 20 years ago because when I didn't feel like I could get recovery here as an addict. But you can now, right? And it's, it's great when the staff of this church knows that. When Pastor Nate says, the thing that I love about Calvary Monterey is the bridge and region, because that keeps this church real. It keeps this church raw. It keeps this church honest. It keeps this church open to the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're not getting all dried out and crusty, you know. We need help, and we're not afraid to admit it. And that is where it starts, amen? So I'm going to say it again. Please pray with me, and I'm gonna, I, I, I am going to get to work. We're going to do something crazy out of the box here, right? We are, because I think it's, it's time, don't you? You know? You know, I don't want to, well, we really, you know, I don't want to be in 10 years say, well, I should have. No, I'm going to say I did. We did. Amen? So I'm going to have Bob come up. And what God put on my heart, if you are here tonight, and you are here tonight, all of you, if you didn't know that, you're here, um, and you just simply want to say, I want to recommit my walk, my relationship my sobriety to Christ, come up here and have that conversation and say, God, tonight I am recommitting my walk. I'm recommitting my commitment. I'm recommitting my sobriety. Amen, sister. Because let's take that moment to recommit and say, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, when Michelle and I got married after 13 years, we recommitted our, we had our, we did our wedding again and we recommitted to one another. And that's a good thing. It's a reminder to yourself and you're telling God, you know what, God, I, I'm still here and I am going to recommit. I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be with you. And, you know, just recommit to your sobriety or or whatever it is you need to recommit. So I encourage you just to come forward. Maybe we can turn the house lights down a little bit and just spend some time with the Lord. We're not in a hurry to leave. You know, we're, Bob's going to play until he feels like we're done, and then we'll be done, and you guys can then go to your rooms. Amen?